0: Right, So I'd like to welcome everybody to um, this month's topic with the ELRC. So this month we're looking at um, creation care and how that relates to mission. Um, and we've had some articles, some has put out and this mo- this moment is basically for us to have a little chat about what we've seen, what we've read and um, bring some thought and opinion to that, which hopefully will be helpful um, to you guys out there who are watching. Um, I have a wonderful group of people who are joining me. Um, I will briefly introduce them, and I will do that based on what my screen is showing. So I'll start by introducing um, Jean-Pete, or JP as his name. Um, he's a very good friend of mine, um, and I would consider him an elder to some of the work that we do. Um, wow. so yeah, I would. Um, and I I really value having him a part of, a part of his discussion. Um, off to the other side of me is uh, Mariota Brandes, who is um, yes, one of the uh, location leaders up here in Scotland, and Paisley, where I'm now based. Um, and I've really valued uh, um, input and welcoming us as a team and helping us to form a creation care hub up in this area. Um, and if I go down my screen, I've got Franzi. Who I worked with for many years in Harpenden and is a very very dear friend of mine um, and I'm just really excited to have her as a part of this discussion. Um, Franzi has a real passion for young people and, um, and helps to lead DTS is where she's based down in, in Homestead and then just off to the other side we've got uh, Richard who um, is based in Switzerland in Bursley. um, and again has been Kind of thinking about some of this stuff for many years and um, myself and the rest of the team here have gleaned a lot of wisdom from Richard and really valued his, um, his insights when we've had those discussions so um, I just want to welcome all of you to this and thank you all for being willing to participate um, and yeah I'm really excited about kind of being able to have a little chat and discuss some of the material which we've seen so um, I was wondering JP maybe if you wanted to Um, start and um, just share something which you found quite
1: maybe new or inspiring
0: from the material which you've looked at.
1: Yeah, maybe the first thought that comes to my mind is the thought of humility. Uh, My generation, I think, has not, we've had this huge blind spot for uh, caring for creation um as a Christian and as a generation. and yesterday I was uh watching uh, somebody in the uh, climate March in Brussels uh, who said, you know my generation we've uh, we've messed it up for the coming generation. So I think especially for for me, uh humility is the starting point for Everything good that we can do in this world, <laughs> you know, starting by confessing, uh, by acknowledging we've missed God, in this we've we've not understood properly our mandate to care for creation. So, yeah, that would be first thought. I'd uh, I'd like to share.
0: That's really helpful. Thank you.
1: Um,
0: does anyone want to kind of respond to that or feed off of that?
2: Um I think i
3: that really struck me as I sat with a different material um but also I think it, it struck me as h- how we've managed to do stuff in Brittany as well in terms of um it's super tricky to understand the complexity of all all this environmental stuff and then and then it's very easy to get overwhelmed and be passive mm. um especially because there's so much else going on leading away on community traveling and doing stuff like that but that humility is not just a a backwards piece but a forwards piece as well in terms of just humbly coming to the Lord and saying okay what are the things that we could do what is possible um and and sitting with him in that process as well so that also struck me in the material but in a much more forward looking way as well going okay it's not just that we need to kind of repent and be soft-hearted especially if we're a little bit older Mm -hmm. because we've stuffed it up but also moving forward I just need Jesus to help me figure this out and I need to listen to so many people around me because there's so much I don't know but it's okay it's not like the end of the world that I don't know I can be on this kind of very humble journey of discovery yeah
0: that's really good Marissa, do you have anything which struck you looking at the material?
4: Um, yeah, I think what, um, what I realize is that this is really like a community project, you know, like it's, a, it's of course an individual choice, but um, the real um, effects of it are, are, are there when we work together on this as a community and when we uh, let others speak into our practices around it and when we um, reach out with it. So I feel it's really uh, uh, something that can bring us together um, as well, And but it's, yeah, it's not easy to do this alone. So you really need to, yeah, bring, yeah, feed off each other and, um, Yeah. Be inspired by each other. And that's also where the effect is the the biggest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think you're putting the finger on the sore spot there, Mariette, uh, because you're pointing to our individualism in our culture and wanting to be autonomous and self providing whatever. And um, that has caused so much of the problems of abuse of creation and and a lack of care for the place that god has given us you know so it requires really a change not just individually but also a change in the way our culture thinks and operates much more community thinking rather than individualism thinking
4: yeah yeah
1: that's really good
0: um really good for that i think. <clears throat> Franzi, was there anything you, um, for you out of the material which you're like, oh, that's interesting or? Um...
2: Mm, I think when I read the story of kind of your son saying, oh, this with the puddle um, and like that one drop kind of makes a difference in a puddle. Um, I think that was kind of interesting to think because often it is easy to get overwhelmed and like to, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but like even kind of my little part that I can do is so important. Mm. It will change something and it's not kind of unseen and I think that was really encouraging because it's just so vast and so big um but yeah I think that was really kind of a new kind of reminder for me to actually keep going to do all this I think yeah
0: yeah I often learn a lot from my kids <laughs> even though they're <laughs> like six and four they um they have such an interesting perspective on the world because it's unfiltered um and uh, things they share, kind of go, oh, OK, yeah, right.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think with, um, with that, it can be overwhelming. Uh, I think it must have been somewhere where I read it, that you just start with one thing, and then you have that down, and then you add another thing, and then you add another thing, and then you add another thing. So it's not like 20 things at once, but you start maybe uh, by, um, buying um, sponges uh, from an eco brand rather than your plastic ones. And then and the next time you um, start filling your washing uh, liquid at uh, a local store instead of buying new plastic bottles. And then once you've done that and you come across something new, you think like, oh, someone said last year at cop, like we uh, try to buy less uh, fruit or no fr- I think they did no fruit that came uh, with uh, flying in from other continents. So when I'm shopping, I'm trying to, you know, have a look at the labels, like where is it coming from? Uh, And that's quite interesting. And so you add small things all the time and and then it becomes like a whole set of things that you're doing and it's starting to make an impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah and what uh, along with that what uh, christy i think also was sharing is that when you know this is a way to love god and to love your neighbor it, it becomes much more uh, from an intrinsic uh, motivation uh, yeah. that's empowering it rather than rules that are sort of uh, legalistically and in a moralizing way put on you it's something where you begin to experience the joy of uh of it yeah
0: Richard did you have something to
3: add um yeah only only to add that some of those things become patterns and behaviors as well so like uh we've been in Switzerland for 25 years there's a whole way we recycle here which is a very beautiful thing um and it, it just is it just feels normal so then I go to uh say some countries where that that system doesn't exist and I'm like okay I literally have brought pet plastic bottles back from africa because i i couldn't bear to throw it away so i brought rubbish home with me because i'm like i know it'll be recycled in switzerland but it it just it's no longer it's not just it's the right motivation but it's also a a pattern so that it isn't heavy and i think that's how growth works right that's how discipleship works as we grow in something those things become our new normal so it isn't stacking more and more things into your hands so you've got this massive pile of things you're just you're behaving in that way because it's how you've learned to do things yeah. um yeah we we've renovated a bunch of buildings one of our amazing gifts to us in the, in the base here is we've got all these amazing old swiss buildings and what began as okay how can we renovate them sort of over that lifetime of growing in that with amazing people teaching me how to do that. that conversation around how do we do that ecologically, what does that look like? Little by little you add in more and more nuance to uh, you, there's no way you can imagine doing something that wasn't well insulated, wasn't heated ecologically. It's just like you just you, you this it becomes almost abhorrent to think about that. But that's like a 20 year process. And the drip in the puddle is where you begin. You do you do the next drip and, and you don't worry about the next 20 years. You you know I can change the level today by doing one thing um but it does become a pattern and then suddenly you look around yourself and go actually there's loads to go but we are we've done amazingly so
2: So yeah that's really good I think um
0: so similar with my journey. Um, so my background is is conservation and habitat restoration. And it wasn't till um I kind of till Christy started looking at some of this stuff as well, who I'm married to, um, that she brought a whole different perspective to some of my background and understanding. And it it widened my view of oh. This is important, but it's important for different reasons as well as just my training in ecology and um re- restoring habitats um and ecosystems. So um and also this sense of well, what have we missed then? Um and where where have we missed a step with um with who who God is and how what his character's like and how we relate to him. Um, but it is it's this long journey of slow discoveries of sort so of god revealing a little bit and revealing a little bit and not making it so overwhelming but it's it's crushing but making it challenging enough that you go i do need to do something about this um i think that's one of the beauties we have as um as people who follow follow jesus is he challenges us enough to get us to move but doesn't do it in such a way that completely crushes us and discourages us from even wanting to try. Um, and I think as we grow in our communities and we grow as our mission, that's one of the challenges we have in discipling um, the DTS trainees, second level school individuals who, who are coming through our mission and then long-term um, staff members as well who are coming into our different communities.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, caring for creation should be always integrated in the way we think and the way we do uh, mission Uh, not just uh, for our own kind of work and everything but also that we begin that we always think about okay uh, so many people in the world suffer because of uh, the climate changes right now especially the people who have contributed whose nations have contributed the least but that's that we don't just see that as a problem but that we begin to see that as an opportunity to share the love of God to to share the care of Jesus for people Mm -hmm. and that clean water clean air cleaning up plastic cleaning up rivers all of these things begin to instead of being overwhelming problems uh, with God, they can begin to look like enormous opportunities, and I think that's that's where our faith really comes into play. We, 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 you know, no, like you say, knowing God. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so my thing, the my greatest passion isn't creation care; it's agriculture.
1: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. but I think. Um, The two are intrinsically linked. Um, I'd love that uh, Ben mentioned Genesis 2.15, the whole um, Abad and Shema thing of taking care of the land. Mm -hmm. But I've been incredibly blessed to run across a tool called Farming God's Way. And then um, the team here in Bertigny translated it into French. So we've used that in West Africa. And it's an amazing system uh, that works really well in... Areas where the climate is kind of tricky. Um, so we're using it in Mali quite a bit. Um, and it, you know, you're you're literally saving lives, teaching people how to farm when climate is precarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it's the easiest evangelism that I've ever done. And I'm a rubbish evangelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then sitting with my friends. And, and that community and just talking about Jesus and how he cares and how he understands and how he sees the climate and then just walking uh, through the forest or the, the Sahel with them and just, you know, explaining some of those environmental things. And you're just like this. I mean, it's just God in real life engaged in the environment. It's not a, a science trip or a good idea. It's just the heart of God. And he's passionate about those communities that were are struggling
1: yeah,
3: yeah, um, yeah. I shall stop because i could talk for about three hours but <laughs> when you, when you see that when when you when you're out there and you talk about a good evangelism to all i'm like it, totally. yeah because it's the heart of god for those communities that were struggling yeah. and he has answers yeah
1: yeah exactly that's but, so beautiful
4: and i feel that is um yeah not the same of course because it's a totally different different situation but i think. Um, this is not like something that's not connected with evangelism in Scotland either, or, uh, or any other sir, uh, situation, because this is something that really people care about and it came up in the material, I think as well, you know, like there's uh, plenty of anxiety around it, uh, because of a lack of perspective. But I think this is, um, yeah, this is something that we need to know about. Uh, because God cares, you know, so for me having um, the creation care hub uh, with Phil, Ben and Christy on, uh, on our team and doing the, I don't know if you're aware, uh, but uh, the climate conference was in Glasgow. So that's very close to where we are. And we've engaged as a team with it and hosted an outreach where Frenzy was on and uh, JP came to visit. And um, Phil was leading the outreach, uh, but yeah, those things they made us really aware. But it also offered a lot of opportunities. It's and that's again, I think, what you said, Richard, about it doesn't need to be an extra burden. Now, if you if you just you know start to understand, you can really do your work from that perspective, and it's not an extra burden. It's just It's an extra opportunity. It really you can really relate well through. Um, Creation care with uh, with the public uh, and with each other, and um, it really brings a lot of conversations very natural. So with neighbors and um, in town. So yeah, I, I see a lot of uh, chances that it gives us to be able to host this creation care hub on, in our location.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my, my wife likes to go litter picking <clears throat> around the around the area and. Um, she's probably got to know a lot of the mums around the place um, because she bumps into them and chats to them a lot better than she would have done um, if she hadn't done that. And some of them now come and join her. Um, so it it opens up and offers a place of relationship to develop for those kind of deeper conversations, which um, often come out yeah.
1: of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Pudiugo, who works in West Africa, you know her, shares how the, in a um, certain community, a Muslim village, how the children had to take the herds of animals farther and farther away because there's no grass. And when they started to replant the trees and everything, the climate, the local climate started to change and the children could stay closer to home. And so it freed them up. For going to school and it opened the opportunity to start a school with good material. I mean, that is kingdom of God stuff. eh? Everything is connected. The climate is not a separate thing from uh, discipleship and, and evangelism and all these things. It's all connected. Yeah.
0: I was wondering if, um, a, for our question out there, rec- seeing people come into communities, free DTSs, um, some of you have been around a bit longer than others within some of that. What have you noticed? Um, the questions being um, sort of more recently coming up from people. Does that make sense as a question?
1: I think Fluncey knows that. <laughs>
2: Uh, can you maybe say the question again?
0: Yeah, with with people coming into our schools, DTSs, and um, things like that, more recently, what are some of the questions and things that they carry? I mean, we talked a little bit about anxiety, um, but where where my where have you seen some of that expressed? And maybe where where is there an opportunity to speak um, into some of that um, as? as we disciple the generations that are
2: coming after us. Yeah, I think probably the biggest question is like, okay, what can I do? And I think, um, like, for example, being in the COP, and um, that was, I think, for the DTS, that was there. That was really, really helpful, and like, helpful to see that so many people care, because I think they didn't really think, or well, not, yeah, I, I was included in that, like, I didn't really um, know that that was such a big thing <laughs> before I came to the COP. Um, so. I think the biggest question is for like and also we, we have always like international people, so every country does different things, so like the states do it very differently than europe um or like Germany, for example, does it quite differently than England as well um and I think, yeah, the biggest question is okay, how can we like what what is my part in all this and um I think uh, showing them okay, we can actually litter pick, for example, like as an outreach uh, in the week, like that, like just little steps that they are actually doable and like they're not really hard in a sense. Um, I think is a is a good eye opener for them and like that it's not um yeah that you don't have to start like really big, but like I think the small steps, as you guys said already, like I think kind of opening them or, like the eyes that that kind of works and that that is um yeah, a start of something, and obviously that needs to continue, and not just stay stay there, but, like, mm. there's, I think, yeah, that we can provide a start for them, in that sense. I don't know sure. if that makes sense. <laughs> well, that's very good. Thank you, Francie. Yeah,
1: creation care uh, should be part of the very basic of discipleship, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Huh? Um, We often talk about discipleship in the four relational dimensions, uh, the human uh, relational dimensions with God, with the community and social level with ourselves and with creation. And uh, if one of those dimensions is overemphasized it usually goes at the cost of one of the others and so that's why it's really important to keep all four in perspective from the beginning yeah Yeah, that's
0: good richard did you have something
3: to yeah um it wasn't a dts student actually met a 20 something year old girl at a murder mystery party uh it wasn't a believer and it was it was a great night out Uh, and i almost figured it out But anyway, um, she came up to the base and had coffee with me, and she was just super passionate about food and food justice, Um, and then um, just a fascinating conversation about kind of food deserts in the US and and areas where uh, um, the it's just super difficult to buy non-processed food at reasonable prices. Mm -hmm. So depending where you are, that that, US grows huge amounts of food and you can get amazing food if you're in the right places. And then there are inner city areas where you just don't have access to fresh produce. And just, I I think that's like a very concrete conversation about how do we do this uh, sustainably, how do we regenerate our soils that's i mean like you run across the conversation that you're passionate about right but i think that is a is a really real conversation that's going on in the world as well it's not just climate it's also that kind of um yeah sustainable food low carbon mile food all that kind of conversation and and i think they're just yes, yes. yeah loads of resources out there um for that kind of stuff um and then um tom bloomer who is provost emeritus of the university of the nations lives in our village and he's he's having these amazing prophecies they're a little bit frightening though because they're all about seven hard years for europe and like he had this prophecy about it's going hard years are coming just before covid and you're like okay maybe that's a thing but um one of part of that conversation led to in the kind of evangelical church in switzerland okay how would we do food if the food system broke down because that was one of his things yeah. um which is just a deeply humbling conversation because all our farmers were like well you couldn't because you i mean you just cannot produce enough um so like a really deep conversation about okay but how can we do farming differently? How can we honour those farmers? Because uh, it's super easy to throw stones mm-hmm. um, and, and really explore with them standing with that. It's, it's like one or two percent of a of a um, industrialised nations involved in farming, but without them, we're stuffed. Mm-hmm. So what what does it look like to to intercede for them? What does it look like to you know? Pray in a generation of josephs who fed egypt in the middle of a disaster where, where are those guys um so there's some like there's there's niche things like that where i think god is looking to raise up disciples and then yeah again you like i say i think you run into people you can stand with um so fairly often i end up sitting having those kind of conversations with people but that's kind of what what my training is and where i've been ministering so mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all I'm I'm sure random engineer people have conversations with people like that as well, but I, I don't have that. So yeah.
0: I just want to draw something out which you said in the middle of what, what you were just saying there, Richard, about not throwing stones. I think as a as a as a people of, of God, people who follow Jesus, it's so important not to be um not to judge um like for me for generations that should come before me or um judge how people have decided made decisions and all the rest of it but um give them the grace and Mm -hmm. and pray but allow god to speak into how do we move from what has happened to where we need to go so that we Mm -hmm. can provide food if things collapse like that Mm -hmm. um and what one of the stories which kind of challenged me and inspired me um as a an individual named Catherine Hayhoe who's um a climate communicator and a scientist in the states but she was invited to speak to the big petroleum industries um at some point She was like well god how do i do this because what i've been saying is against what they do and god said to well you need to start with humility you need to start in a place where you say thank you for all the effort you made to make energy cheaper and more affordable um for general people and um, to increase improve their standard of living that's been a great season but now is time to move into a new season mm-hmm. um, as opposed to going there saying you are the problem um and i think as as we continue, continue to disciple and journey together um i think that's probably going to be one of our one of our bigger challenges as well is to to go to discern what that is and be able to move forward in a place of thank you for what you have achieved now is now there's a season where we need to make some changes and shift so that what happens as we move forward is. Um, is sustainable is something which um, will, will benefit the generations to come in the long term. Um, from us, we have the ability to innovate, we have the greatest. Um, creator in all the universe as a part of a part of our um resource Um, we just need to spend that time to ask him well what are your ideas because he god is full of them Um, as i'm sure you've discovered richard with um with farming farming stuff so um there any last thoughts before we um before we wrap up anyone want to share anything else
2: Um, I maybe it's because I'm leading
3: a basin where one of the words to a Lord, word of the Lord's word of the Lord to us in this season is finish our buildings, and we've got six more to renovate. But just um, I think it was Ben um, talked about uh, daring to dream big as well. So you know we talked about donors being willing to give uh, um, solar panels if you're re-roofing a building it's stuff like that and, and our experience has been that 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 is really true yeah it, it's a there's a place where we can minimize who we are and make ourselves too small but then you know the faith to, to go big as well is also really important I think not not in a like not to get stuck and be overwhelmed it's not like i need to do everything but there are moments um so like we we've changed most of our buildings over to a district heating system which is uh wood fired from our local sustainable forest so instantly we've we've dealt with sort of 30 percent of our carbon footprint it cost a whole bunch of money but we sort of went okay We know that over the next 15 years, all these oil burners will be replaced. Let's just go now because the village is doing this. And so we're a third of that project. Mm. Um, It it felt like a big deal at the time, but the money came in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it, it. I mean, and then of course we look super green and super sustainable, and it's great. But it also took a, a courage and faith to pounce on that opportunity. Um, and I think it, it's one of those moments when you lean in. I, I love Lauren said, "Go as far as you can, and then lean towards Jesus." If if He cares about creation, you can do so much, and then you can go, "Okay, Jesus, I dare you." Is totally the wrong heart but you know what i mean you you trust him almost you lean towards him and say okay well we want to be sustainable this is an amazing opportunity but oh my goodness it's like so much money but okay we lean towards you in this lack and just seeing god come through for us in in places like that so there's a there's a there's a hope thing where we need to not minimize god in this surroundings Mm -hmm. um that's quite a mundane example because we just joined in with something but But I feel like in the mission, we've got the capacity to innovate big time. If people will take kind of crazy risks with Jesus, like really go to the edge and then lean towards him. And I think, you know, we start small, do the little you can, but also I think dream big because we have a big God who cares about this stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and I think uh, also, I hope that when we have a, a creation care uh, forum coming up in January. I expect a lot of YWAMers to come uh, there with whatever they have in their hands. I think a lot of YWAMers have done education. They have experiences, they've done projects that uh, are underutilized. And I think uh, we can pray that um, they will Come and bring those, you know, to the table. The uh, if like what Mariat says, if we work together, there's tremendous opportunities. Uh, you know, the the Rachel Puriugos in West Africa, man, she has this. She is cooperating with this project of plant, you know, planting the Great Green Wall there, all the way across Africa. I mean, not in her. She, she does her little thing, <laughs> you know, but so courageous. Yeah, we can collaborate with her and and cheer her on and help her and fund her. You know, there's there's um, in when we work together, is huge opportunities. Great. Um, well, so
4: maybe uh, remind us again, Phil, about this. Um, Meeting uh, meetings creation care meeting that you're planning in January. What was that again?
0: So um yeah really quick plug here. Um we are looking to um do so a forum for creation care so people from across YM globally be able to come together, connect with each other, meet each other, and hopefully from their relationships and innovation and ideas will come. Um, and it's not specifically for people to say I'm into creation care. It's it's an opportunity for people to bring, like JP said, bring what they have to the table. Um and go, oh, oh, you're doing that as well. Over there. Oh, that's really interesting. Let me let me pick your brains. Let me hear what you've discovered and mm-hmm. just trying to be a bridge builder um and trying to be facilitate that connection. Because I think YRAM is a, is an amazing organization, but sometimes we miss each other because we are so decentralised, um, and but when we come together, God really speaks and does something really special. Um, and yeah, I just want to see that happen more and more. So, um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's that's a really good spot to leave. I think that challenge there from Richard to dream big is a really, really good. I think a really good um, challenge to finish on. So. I wanna thank each and every one of you for joining me and thank you everyone else for being willing to spend some time to listen to us
2: um, have a conversation. Um, So yeah.